Chapter 24, The End of the Rainbow Severe rains pounded us the following morning on a road that snaked deep into the mountains that seemed to have no end. I screamed at the heavens and I pleaded with the rains to stop, but my cries went unheard. With no place to stop along that barren road, all I could do was walk. I trudged up that mountain, soaked and shivering, questioning the very sanity of my decision to ever start walking. Alberto, however, was in an irritatingly good mood, humming and singing to himself, which only made me want to scream even louder. By late afternoon, the sun finally came out. I sat on a large stone at the edge of a cliff, resting, enjoying spectacular views. The sun warmed my body and dried my clothing. I watched with amusement the steam rising off of my jacket. I wanted to dry my socks, but feared removing my boots. My feet were swollen and blistered, and I didn't know if I would be able to put my feet back inside the boots. The arch of my left foot especially ached, the searing pain shooting right up to my knees. My entire body ached and begged me to rest, but I stood, fearing that my muscles would contract and not carry me the rest of the way. Leaning heavily on my stick, I walked the switchback descent in a zigzag fashion, trying to cut the intensity of the incline and take the pressure off my screaming shin muscles. Where is the rainbow? Where is the rainbow? Alberto sang out happily. As we rounded yet another curve, I heard him gasp and turned to see an amazed Alberto gaping at the sky. Above our heads was the largest, most vibrant rainbow I had ever seen. Its colors glowed against the clear blue sky, arching from one mountain peak to another, completely covering the sky above us. I knew it, Alberto cried out. I knew we would see a rainbow today. And what a rainbow. It's the biggest one I've ever seen. I walked away from him, leaving a singing Alberto with his rainbow. Look, I heard him exclaim. Now it's a double rainbow. It looks even wider than before. This is so amazing. And all at the end of the day, just as we're arriving. This is amazing. Thank you, life. Thank you for this beautiful gift. We would only ever witness such a magnificent double rainbow when arriving in Jerusalem. With arms outstretched and face gazing adoringly at the heavens, Alberto bounded down the mountain, twirling and leaping. He kept calling for me to stop and to enjoy it. But I couldn't, and trudged ahead, only wanting the day to end and feeling increasingly irritated by his joyfulness. We arrived at a quaint village that sat prettily beside the water, glowing softly in the setting sun. I hurried my steps, ignoring my blisters and my body's loud protests. The remaining light guided us to the priest's house. I knocked in anticipation, not even wanting to consider the possibility that we would be refused. 
No one answered. I knocked louder and stepped back, waiting for the door to open. Still no one came out. I fought the wave of rising desperation. Please be home, please be home, please be home. I pleaded silently over and again. We stood at that door for what felt like an hour, knocking, yelling, waiting. Still, no one answered. The village looked even smaller than Sveti Yurai, where we were the night before. The only sign of life was a docked ferry loading passengers and cars. I recalled Micho and the many miracles that had befallen us and knocked again. This time, the door opened. A short older man with balding gray hair looked at us quizzically while munching on an apple. I presented our needs. I hope you haven't been waiting long, he said in apology, ushering us inside. I was upstairs sleeping and did not hear you. I am Father Yosip, but you can call me Yoso. I followed Father Yoso inside a comfortably appointed home. He led us up some stairs and pointed to one room, indicating it was Alberto's, and then down the hall to another room and opened the door. A clean, ruffled bedspread covered the single bed. An antique lamp sat on a wooden nightstand. Simple curtains hung in the windows. I felt as if I had come home. I turned away, not wanting Father Yoso to see my tears. He invited us to freshen up while he prepared some dinner. After the warmest shower, I sat on my bed and examined my swollen feet. Huge water blisters, some on top of each other, bulged around my ankles and between my toes. I couldn't even touch them, let alone put socks on. I forced my bare feet as far as they would go into my slippers and hobbled down the hall. Together with Alberto, we walked down to the kitchen where a table full of food awaited us. Rice, bread, and a hearty soup that had the leg of some animal floating in it. I inhaled it all, feeling so grateful. Communication was a challenge because Father Yoso spoke mainly German with snippets of French and English. But I think we managed to convey the essence of our walk. When we mentioned that we wanted to arrive in Medjugorje for the 25th, Father Yoso looked away diffidently. I don't wish to interfere with your plans, he said. I just don't believe you need to go to any special place to see God. God is everywhere. I immediately agreed and waited for Alberto to do the same. He didn't, and the conversation abruptly ended. I shot Alberto an inquisitive glance, but he simply sat with arms folded across his chest, looking at the table. Noticing the condition of my feet, Father Yoso invited us to stay a few days longer. I immediately and graciously accepted his offer. Alberto glared at me. Father Yoso reached across the table and held out a basket of red apples, indicating for me to take one, and I did. He then offered the basket to Alberto, and I didn't hear his words. But Alberto's face turned white. He politely refused the apples. What is going on with you? I mentally yelled at him. Our evening finished 
and our good knights said, I returned to my room and prepared to thread my blisters. Threading was a technique I had learned on the Camino that involved threading a needle, soaking it in iodine, and then piercing the blister with the needle, leaving the iodine-soaked thread inside. In this way, the liquid drained out of the blister, but left it open to dry, but disinfected. Alberto peered inside my room and winced as he watched me care for my blisters. So what do you think about Father Yoso? he asked. I think he's an angel, I replied without hesitation. Yeah, he seems nice, but I don't know, Alberto replied. Still, my intuition says we should continue walking. Why do you say that? I replied, astonished. Well, there are some things about him that just don't add up, he replied. First, he would have to be deaf, not to hear us yelling at his door for an hour. Don't get me wrong, I like him, but I was already suspicious. And then his comments at dinner about Majigorie, while as true as well-intentioned as they may be, it just made me feel as if he was trying to take us off our path. And then he invited us to stay, offering us those apples. Alberto's gaze intensified. He offered the apples to you first, and you accepted. And then he looked at me, and with a twisted grin said, El fruto prohibito, the forbidden fruit. Alberto paused, his eyes shining with passion, willing me to understand. And? I asked. Don't you see? He exclaimed. It's as if we were in the Garden of Eden. You, Eve, were already eating the apple of temptation, and now it seemed as if the devil himself was making me the same offer. Father Yoso doesn't even speak Italian, I said. I'm sure you misunderstood him. All priests know basic Latin, Moni, Alberto replied. Besides, it's what I heard. I'm not saying he's the devil. You know I don't believe in malign spirits. I think he was just a messenger, and the scene was created for me to get the message. I must go to Medjugorje. Alberto, there is no way I can walk tomorrow, I pleaded. Look at my feet. I can't even stand. I need a day's rest. But if we stay, then we won't arrive on the 25th, he replied. An awkward silence ensued. So are you seriously thinking about staying? He asked. I am staying, I replied, continuing to thread my blisters. Aside from going to Medjugorje, I've been receiving signs about walking alone, he revealed. I stopped threading and looked at him. I thought we agreed that the way of peace was better served with us together, I said. This is different, he replied. I feel it's important for me to be in Medjugorje for the 25th. We would only be apart a short while. I would wait for you there. But why not just wait a day or two until I'm well enough to walk, I replied anxiously. Father Yoso just told us there are no churches or places to stop for at least 50 kilometers. We just left our tent behind, remember? I can't do that if I want to be in Medjugorje for the 25th, Alberto persisted. He stood and in a calm, firm tone said, I want to leave tomorrow. 
Well, what kinds of signs have you been getting anyways? I asked, hearing the desperation in my voice. Maybe you're misinterpreting them. I wish I were, Alberto sighed. I can't explain them to you easily because they only make sense in my head in the way that I see and interpret things. I can't believe this, I murmured. This is not easy for me, Moni, Alberto pleaded. Please, try to understand. I'm afraid of making a huge mistake, but I feel this is something we both must do. My signs are clearly telling me to go alone. I also sense that we must prove to ourselves that we can walk alone and to trust that we will be fine even though we are apart. My mind momentarily went blank and then started playing out its worst fears. I felt vulnerable and afraid. Father Yoso had made me nervous when he said that there were few places to stop along the way and I now cursed the moment that we left our tent behind. I feel so bad leaving you, especially like this, Alberto agonized, pointing at my feet. This isn't like walking in Italy. At least there I felt we were still in Europe, but here everything is so foreign. The walking is more challenging than in Italy, and there are fewer places to stop. Not to mention that you're a woman walking alone. I don't even have a phone for us to be in contact. I wanted Alberto by my side, but not from obligation. As my fears ran away with my thoughts, a calming voice resounded within me, reminding me that we are pilgrims, each on their journey of peace, and pilgrims always found their way. Blisters I've had before, I said finally, they will heal. I want to go to Medjugorje too, but it's not important for me to do so by the 25th. If your signs are telling you to go, then go. How do you feel? He asked. Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, I replied sincerely. We've been together so long now that I've become accustomed to walking with you, even though I'm ready to strangle you some days. We laughed, releasing some of the tension. I looked at him nostalgically, already feeling the pang of separation. It's going to feel strange for a while, but I know I'll find my way. Alberto embraced me tightly, whispering, thank you. Good night. How many times had I longed to walk alone? Yet now that my wish was granted, the path suddenly seemed so uncertain. However, I needed to walk it. I lay in bed, breathing deeply, rhythmically, until I found stillness. There, I felt comforted accompanied. A profound peace filled me, and I knew I was not alone. All was well. On February the 8th, 2002, Alberto and I separated.